Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of No One Is Listening. Welcome back. We've been on hiatus for a little bit. With me, as always, is Jen. Jen, you want to say hi? Hello, friends. We're so excited to be here. I know. Uh, so we're back, and uh, you know, Jen and I spoke. Uh, you know, before recording, we're going to try to make the episodes a little more regular. Why don't we do like a really brief, like catch up? Yeah, I'd say uh, I know that's a little impromptu. That's not something we we said we'd do. But, you know, I'm just going to spring that on you last second. Um, (laughs) I think one of the things, one of the major things as to like why we've been a little MIA is like on me is because like I just bought a just bought a home. And very exciting. Jen, uh, owning a home is not for me. I'm just not a homeowner type. I mean, six years into it, I hate also owning a home. So this is going to turn into like a anti buy <laughs> podcast, but I think this actually would be really helpful for some people because I, I, I just feel like everybody is trying to buy houses now and we're here to tell you it's not that great. Yeah, it's not that great. I mean, I don't, I don't regret it. I would not go so far as to say I regret it. I de- no, I definitely do not regret it, but yeah. I will say, I mean, you know me, I'm, I'm very, uh, like I don't get FOMO a lot right as the kids mm-hmm. say mm-hmm. but i definitely feel like i bought into the hype of like owning a home and so i so i don't regret it at all but i am a little like i'm like oh that well one it's a lot of work and two it is a lot of work and, and a lot of money like, yes yeah yeah and two it's like oh is this uh this is this is this is it that's it <laughs> you know this is this is what i get but i mean I, like you know take everything I say with a grain of salt because I've been doing this for only a month now. So, but yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank very you. exciting. What about you? What about you? What, what do you want to tell the, the listeners about the past few months for you? Um, oh God, uh, <laughs> nothing really like nothing exciting has happened. Uh, wow, that's so boring. And now I'm just like, wow, I wish I was a little bit more of an exciting person. Um, I've just been struggling, I think, with, uh, like, everybody just with work and being burnt out, yeah. which I don't think is a very unique problem these days. But we have been talking about, you know, what our return to work will be like. And so it is interesting to to see the evolution of um, the height of the pandemic and just kind of being locked up at home yeah. uh, to like every weekend when I'm out and about running errands or whatever, uh, I would say that like 70% of the people I see aren't wearing masks. Um, yeah. You know, that's 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 whatever to each their own. But uh, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting. And I don't know that I'm ready to go back to real life or normal life, whatever that looks like. So um, for as long as we've been doing this and we've been kicking and screaming about it, I'm at the same time, like kicking and screaming about like, wait, what do you want? What do you mean? I have to go see people every. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I just oh, how quickly we like get used to things and oh, how quickly we forget about things. but yeah, nothing as exciting as buying a house. Yeah. You, you know, it's like so funny is uh, that's like a perfect segue because the part that you when you speak of um, there are parts that you're really excited to go back to normal other parts where you want to delay it. Yeah. Um, the th- part that I'm most excited about is going I want to go to a movie theater and watch a movie mm, like you haven't done it yet a week. I have not yet. Um me neither, I, but I'm very excited, and I will probably be doing it in the next like 
two to three weeks. What about you? Yeah, no, uh, I I know for a fact I'm going to see Space Jam in theaters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so that's probably the the one. Uh, I don't I don't know if there's anything before that that I want to see, um, which, you know. Uh, fr- really? You're uh, you're going to skip over Black Widow? Oh, yeah, Black Widow. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no I'll, I'll definitely watch Black Widow. I'll definitely okay. watch Black Widow. Um, but, you know, until we get to the theater, uh, you know, we've been watching other stuff and, and we assigned each other the last episode. We assigned each other homework to watch. And it's it's a perfect thing. It's like the the last thing I watch, the last, you know, whatever I watch before actually going to the movie theater will probably be what you assigned me. And so you assigned me a Netflix documentary called uh it's seth meyers um his comedy special oh my gosh i was like wait i asked i assigned you a documentary but yes it's a comedy special it's a comedy special right uh seth meyers lobby baby and i assigned you uh fast and furious six uh i believe you assigned me both six and seven but i was not able to find seven so i did watch six though perfect perfect um you know, why, why don't I go first since it wasn't a movie and, you know, I can like breeze through this one pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I just wrote some some notes here, like what, the best part, the worst part and like the biggest surprise. Uh, the best part comes at the end. And I don't think this is like a spoiler because it's just like a comedy special. But the best part I found and I enjoyed it all. Right. I, and, and something I told you um like reflecting on it was I was like really I I knew he was funny like I knew he wrote good jokes he's been on um you know weekend update and uh you know he's got the uh the late show and stuff but um or late night I mean but what really surprised me was just like how funny he is like not just like the stuff he's writing but he's just like the way he can tell a story it's um it's it's he's he's very good at mm-hmm. that. and and I was not I was not prepared for that and so the best part was at the end when he is talking as his wife about himself yeah like I just thought that like that that stuff made me laugh like out loud it was like so funny because it was it's like he has this ability to uh, like take universal experiences and then say it back to you. And make you laugh. It's like you know you you ever have those friends where you're hanging out and they 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 tell you a story about something you did with them, but you just like you're listening anyway because they're so good at telling the story. I would love to be a talented storyteller. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. I'm yeah. always jealous of just, people who are able to who have that ability, and he definitely is so good with his words, uh, which I guess is the job of a comedian or like a comic. But totally right. Yeah, he, that I so I when he's talking as his wife about himself, mm-hmm. um, I, I thought that was that was the best part. Um, I think I need to rewatch this. <laughs> no, it's it, it was it was really entertaining. Um, I will say the the and I don't want to call it the worst part like it was bad, but just the most surprising, the worst part and the biggest surprise are kind of tied together. The biggest surprise was like how not political. It was because I feel like he's really made his bones the past few years as like being the out of all the like shockingly 
out of all the late night hosts, more so, I feel like more so than Jimmy Kimmel, more so than Stephen Colbert, shockingly, is that he's been like the most vocal and the most heated about um, like politics. Mm. And I guess I guess it makes sense because you know he was at the genesis of everything at the White House Correspondents Dinner back in like 2011 or whatever, you know. Um, and do so- you remember? Do you know when this was? filmed i wonder if that had anything to do with no i'm not saying that this was like pre-trump era because i don't really think it goes back that far no, but it's, definitely do, after, but, it's definitely it's definitely that is a good point steve and i wonder maybe like in this like he's just trying to separate like his like late show material and persona with like i have like really funny stories that has nothing to do with um you know like uh all the stuff that like my show's brand is built on, which is right. like, political digs. Um, and he mentions that in the beginning. He's like, "Oh, there's some of you who've never seen me outside of a suit." He's like, "I yeah. just this is just like the clothes I wear." Um, and so, yeah, no, I, I definitely think you're onto something. Like, he definitely was trying to separate like Seth Meyers, the brand, or especially or at least the the late night mm-hmm, host, mm-hmm. versus like the comic. Yeah. You know? Um. And that leads me to, I don't, it's not the worst part, but like, so I, I totally get that. And I, I like totally jive with that where he's trying to separate the, the late night show from the, from the comedian, the comic, the guy who's just like funny. Right. Yeah. Um, but I was kind of surprised where like, he mostly just talks about family and marriage and it felt kind of not dated, but it was definitely a little old school. Like I didn't feel like I learned anything which is like a really weird thing to say about comedy but i guess it's because like my favorite comedians or my favorite specials it's like i feel like i i walked away learning something that like humor and comedy was the veil was like a trojan horse you know that that like information education and uh like uh humor was like the provocateur and like I, tr- I like something else was like Trojan horse into my brain, and I feel like that's my favorite kind of comedy. Um, it wasn't enough for you to have learned about Seth Meyers and his family, basically, right? Because like, I'm sure you learned about his, him and his family and his marriage, but anything that's a little bit like like larger, yeah, lessons about life or the world, like that's not what this is. It's exactly. literally a man telling you stories, funny, albeit funny stories about his life. Yeah, yeah. Like you yeah. know, you know who, wh- which comedy special I watched um like uh before that was uh you know Aziz Ansari's mm-hmm, like his comeback mm-hmm. one. Like that even though like so it's it's funny, right? I enjoyed Aziz Ansari's more, even though Seth Meyers was funnier. Does that make yeah. sense? Yes, I think I, I do get that. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying it was bad. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. It's just, uh, I guess I just have like now, especially, I guess now, just in the, I don't know if it's the current climate or if I've just gotten used to a certain style. I just like expect that and not even expect that. I, I want that. Like that's what I want from comedy now you know um but every once in a while it is nice to just be able to just like laugh without engaging like that part of my brain mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah yeah but no it was it was good i was pretty uh i don't know why i was surprised he was that good at it i guess because i'd never seen him do stand up before but i was very pleasantly surprised yeah 
Yeah, if you're looking well, for like no, like very like I don't know how to like low key almost. Yeah, no? yeah, yeah. Low yeah, key stand up yeah, comedy. Yeah. That's like it's it's a it's a really chill hang. Yeah, it's that's I think that's like the best way to describe it. It's a hang. Like it's not. Like, joke, 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 joke. I mean, it's super funny, but it's literally just like, okay, like, this is my buddy telling me a story about something that happened to him. And, like, you know, that buddy happens to be kind of famous, like, has a funny family. But, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you liked it. I didn't necessarily assign it to you thinking that it was going to be, like, your favorite thing of all time. But I just, I really, really enjoyed his story about his wife giving birth um, in the lobby uh-huh lobby baby and yeah i don't know i just thought you might like it no, i did I, I i liked when he was like yeah the two di- the two uh doormen like responded very differently ramon talks to us like he's family and he loves yeah. like the second kid he's like kevin cannot look at my wife in yep. the eyes <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no it was good it was good i i recommend everyone check it out uh okay for sure what did you think about Fast Six? Um, okay, so as you know, I don't really have a relationship to the Fast franchise. Um, but even though I like have like march like these like like per- marginal relationships with them, like even I could tell that this is probably like the most sentimental of the of the movies and again i can't speak for like seven eight nine or whatever nine's coming out right so seven or eight um but i this movie to me felt so much more about like relationships Mm. than than all of the stuff that makes the fast movies what they are which are like about the heists and like i don't know would you call it crimes i'm not sure um (laughs) They're like they're like heist movies, yeah. Yes, yeah. So action, all, like the heist. action, the heist, and like to me, almost like the action sort of like took a back seat. And I'm not sure, like in doing some of this homework and watching these movies, if like I feel like um, I've seen like nothing was like nothing surprises me anymore because it's all so outlandish, and I'm so surprised like none of them are dead. You know, like that's like so impossible. <laughs> like all of these things that they pull off, and so maybe in that lens, like I'm just like whatever they're gonna do to like try to up the ante for the action. Like, oh, it almost feels like oh, been there, done that. Like, oh, I've right, seen something like like I've seen something as ludicrous as this. So like it just hit. It just felt like. I I just wasn't getting anything out of the action stuff, but, like, I have to admit, like, like, the character stuff. So, like, this is the movie where um, Michelle Rodriguez, who they thought was dead for a couple of movies, like, is alive. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is the movie where, like, there's that courtship between fan favorites Han and Giselle. Um, I always love the banter, even though I think it's pretty horribly written but like the charming banter between like um Ludacris's character and Tyrese's character um so yeah like I I found myself like being really drawn to like watching these things unfold and like watching the especially the Michelle Rodriguez um storyline unfold and like Vin Diesel's like persistence of like trying to like you know like I don't know like get her back or now I'm like like blanking a little bit. Like I think there's a 
bit of an amnesia thing going on there. Yep. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. And then, and then what happens at the end and is it a spoiler if this movie came out like seven no, years ago? No, um, but like this movie also is the demise of the fan favorite characters of Han and Giselle. Right. Yeah. Um, and it hit me like I was just like that was sad I'm not I'm I'm not happy right now so in that sense like you know I think I love a good action movie but like I also really love like I would say that like my favorite movies are like the movies where you like see development of characters and and like while I would say that this is very very like light character development it's it's more like relationship developments that like i was like i was into so i actually really really like this one yeah it's good i this one is uh it this you can see how starting with five it just like turns into a different kind of Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. franchise and this uh no this one's this one's really great and i forget who is it luke evans yeah luke evans you know, play yes. like Owen Shaw, uh, you know, which is so. Great. This is sort of like the is this is sort of the beginning of the Hobbs and, um, I guess um the wait what's his name uh who plays um Shaw uh Jason Statham I don't I don't think Jason Statham's in this one is he he I I think he is in the 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 oh you know no he is no he is yeah 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 so like this sort of sets that up right that introduces sort of that Hobbs and Shaw spinoff or whatever and then I was like who is that lady that um Gina Carano who is like super problematic in real life but I was just like gosh I wish you weren't problematic because I kind of like you like I think I mean she's good at this she's good in the Mandalorian yeah and I just wish that she was good as a person and (laughs) not cancelled and yeah so um solid solid entertainment i thought and like solid uh you know solid for what it is yeah i mean listen if you thought this was good i cannot wait for you to watch seven i cannot wait for you to watch seven okay and if you got sad or if you got emotional at the end of this movie just wait just wait until seven. But okay, with that. Okay, um, I gotta figure out where seven is, and um, if it's on, I I could have sworn it wasn't on anything, but I will I will watch. We'll find I will track seven down and watch it. Yeah, yeah, we'll 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 figure that. Out. Um, speaking of like tracking down things and, and watching them, what? Why don't we go into like what we've been watching lately? Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, it's been about like four months since we uh, last talked. There's been a lot of stuff out in that time. It, it's like so bizarre. I feel like during uh, the pandemic, it's like both like so many things have come out, but and also like nothing has come out. Like you could convince me of either one. And I'd be like, yeah, I yeah, know yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, why don't we start off with the things that we've watched um, that like I'm, I'm sure we've both watched. Right. So, uh, in terms of like the Disney Plus stuff, like the Marvel stuff, right? Yes. Um, Wait. I, I, so, when did we last record? Um, because the first thing that you were going to talk about came out a while ago, right? But it did. I guess we never talked about it, huh? We didn't. I we might have talked about like an episode or two, but we uh, we haven't talked about it in its entirety. Okay. And so I'm curious as. I, I, I want to know your thoughts on WandaVision and Falcon and the Falcon uh, and the Winter Soldier because 
I was always curious what your relationship with Marvel was going to be after Endgame, right? Yeah. And and WandaVision was really the first post-Endgame. Uh, I, I know, I mean, there, there was Spider-Man. Um, you know, uh, was it No Way Home? No, Far From Home. Far From Home. Far From Home. Far From Home. So, like, and that was really the end of Phase 3 or whatever that was, right? So um, I'm really curious, like, what did you, like, not so much, like, did you like these shows or did you think they were good? But how did these, did they give you enough of a reason to, like, stick around, essentially? You mean, um, so I, as you know, got pretty into the MCU um, and was very, very simultaneously excited about the whole hoopla around Endgame, but also very sad because it was like marking this end of that phase that I like so much. And I don't know that I can say that I'm like as excited about like the Eternals and Shang-Chi and like all the other stuff that's coming out like later. Um, but these are still, but but the, the three properties that we're going to talk about, WandaVision, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and Loki, like they're properties that like, were part of the MCU movies that like I have come to really, really, really enjoy in the past like two years, I would say, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yes, I was looking forward to it, but I don't think I was like marking my calendar and waiting for like the premiere date and like, you know, doing that fanfare of like the equivalent of like going to the movie on opening weekend to watch it, right. you know? Um, I have to, so I guess we're, we'll start with WandaVision. Mm. Um, I, I love Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's a super talented actress. I don't think that the movies do her any good. Um, Yeah, they're definitely not doing favors. Yeah, and also, like, if you think about it, isn't she, like, one of the most powerful Avengers? Like, the stuff that she's able to do? Uh, so her powers in the comics have waxed and waned. Um, okay. It lacks. So it, this, it's like this is something I've always found like really impressive with some of the comic book writers is that some they've clearly done a lot of research for powers that have to do with things that actually exist. So like I'll give you an example, right? Magneto, right? People are like, mm-hmm. oh, he he can control metal, but if you look at his actual powers, it's like. It's, it has nothing to do with metal. It's the electromagnetic fields of all um, matter, and it just happens to be that like metal has the most, has like the strongest, I guess, like electromagnetic field. And someone could be like, no, that's totally off. But it's like they've clearly done a. There's like article. There's pages of how his powers could work, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you have people like Wanda, where her character was written as like oh she can affect chance you know so things that could happen may happen if she throws this beam from her hand at something yeah you know and uh it's just like like movies right like if you watch movies from you know the 70s or 80s uh it's like they don't try very hard to explain things to you or make something like believable like the it's like how something happens and what happens 
are just as unbelievable. Nowadays, like things have to be like, okay, well, if this was real, then how would this work? You know? Um, and so people have, there are characters like Wanda who suffer from that, where it's like they're trying to catch up to like the suspension of disbelief of people. Whereas yeah. back then, you could just be like, oh yeah, she just like does stuff and things happen. Now it's like, no, we, we need to really like be able to explain this. Like if someone like that existed, how would their powers work and what would their powers be? So at times, yes, she's like incredibly powerful, uh, especially like lately, you know, yeah, yeah. both in comic books and the movie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess I'm just asking that question because for someone who I deem to be like one of the most powerful in the in the universe or in the MCU at least or yeah um it just felt like her storylines were so random and I think I believe I asked you this on one of our podcasts like how come they don't explain that she's lost her Russian accent from like Ultron to like the next time she appears which is I guess Captain America Civil War um and like she just feels like such a like a character that's like swept aside like with no like no real storyline or compelling storyline except for like what like her like relationship with vision and like that let but that is an emotional like emotionally like anchoring um part of infinity war like i like was very moved by i mean obviously everybody being like um Oh God! What's the term? Like not dusted. <laughs> what is the term? No, like everybody like disappearing. I like dusted. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, yeah. But she's been such a hot side character. So like, when they announced like Wanda Vision, I like was just like, what are they gonna do? And then they like started like these promos where it was clearly like the um, parodies of like sitcoms and I was like I really don't understand what's happening and but like I think it was maybe like episode three like where everything changes and it's just like there's something so much more sinister and deeper going on and you see bits of that on in one and two but like the focus really was on like I don't know I felt like the parody part like was more extensive and and like and then like I think like three is sort of like the turning point where they like really start peeling back the layers and like something is definitely not right here and something's definitely not right with Wanda and like and it made me and it it just like I don't know like I like literally I don't normally do this but like I would watch it on Friday nights when it was like I mean I wasn't like crazy and like watch it on Staying Thursday up at, yeah, 11 3 yeah, yeah yeah but I would watch it on Friday nights and like I hardly ever do that like like I just sometimes just like wait a couple of days or whatever but the thing that I love most about WandaVision is that ultimately it's about grief and how someone process that grief and like what she does is unforgivable in a lot of ways of like the manipulation of those townspeople and just like yeah. creating this world so that she can block out like reality and like that's her processing her grief and um I think like the way they wrap up too like it it almost leaves a little bit to be desired just because also is this spoiler if this happened like six months ago like I don't know I'm trying to be careful like if you don't want to hear it like skip 30 seconds please but um you know like you know at, at the end like she's walking through the town and everybody's sort of glaring at her because they know what she's done to them and she yeah. knows what she's done to them but that's about it like th- there's no real consequences for like her having done that to these people right um 
And so that was a little bit unsettling, especially because I don't believe there are any plans for like WandaVision series, like season two or like anything like that. But I don't know. Yeah, to me, it was so much about grief and like talking, talk about like character development. Like I was sort of like, this is exactly what this medium needs to be for you get a taste of these characters you like either fall in love with these characters or like want to know more about them from the two to three hour like movie that you like that they're in but this allows you to then like delve deeper into that world or delve deeper into like one of the paths of because i know like in comic books like they just have tons of storylines and it can go one way or another and like all these people um were really like who are like watching this and like tracking it like I forget which which specific comic this was or the um Agatha the the witch the um like what which one that was from but like a lot like all these people are just like oh this is from like comic book number like 32 or whatever like and it's just like amazing to be able to like pick that direction and like delve deeper into into that storyline so I really 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 enjoyed it um I can't say that for the remaining two that you're going to um, bring up, like, I'm, I'm feeling the same. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, gosh, it's interesting because it's like, I feel like, on one hand, right, I'm like so happy that, you know, WandaVision is like a thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. happy that Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like a TV show. Yeah. Um, I like those things, like, really. As like a comic book fan, I'm like, oh, that's cool. On the other hand, it's like the like the cynical part of me is like, oh, this is like the modif- like the like they're trying to monetize everything, which mm-hmm. is like, so yeah, you're right. It's like Disney Plus is like a medium for the characters who are, I guess, for lack of a better term, like kind of just like um, like they're they're just like pushed to the side yeah like the big tentpole like movies um and like so it's great but ultimately i'll be honest i don't know if any of this is necessary and so Mm -hmm. because here's the thing Mm -hmm. right you Mm -hmm. you, you have characters like wanda who are not really that important and they play you know like plot plot point wise they may or may not be important but in terms of the story it's like who cares yeah and so you give them, you know, the respect they're due by giving them a show on Netflix, I mean, on Disney Plus, and you can have characterization and, and real story, not just plot. And it's like, okay, like, I get that. Um, and then the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is like the inverse where it's like, here are characters who people don't really care about. We're going to use Disney Plus to hopefully make them care, and then we're going to give them a movie. Knowing full well if they didn't have that TV show first, they would like way less people would go see the movie. Yeah, because they yeah. announced Captain America four, and it's gonna yeah. be a Sam Wilson movie. And so the 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 part that I'm kind of like worried about is that at the end of the day, these shows feel not necessary. And and to and the movies never felt that way. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like the movies never felt that way. Um, it really felt like, you know, if you if you really want to know what's going on in Infinity War, you you were gonna have to have watched, uh, what is it, um, Ragnarok, like yeah. Thor Ragnarok, you know, yeah. or if you really want to know what's going on 
in um you know in infinity war you're gonna have to watch you know the winter soldier you know and i just i don't know i i i just really hope this isn't where like uh, this isn't one of those things where like when you look back it's like oh yeah i guess this is where they just like jumped the shark or like yeah got spread got spread too thin i mean i guess it doesn't matter as long as they're making good quality stuff and i, I will say like two varying degrees you know one it's not is, not quality yeah right? it's not not like, good right yeah and it's i think in a in their way like in terms of quality and like ratings like it's such a huge like achievement for for Disney Plus. Um, and I don't have the stats in front of me or anything, but like I, I know that it's done really well, like all all of these shows. Um I I just think that like they need to figure out like I mean, movies are are where you kind of have to start these characters off. Like it just wouldn't work if we were getting like an internals Disney Plus show, right? Like yeah. um like these are people that people like these are characters that people have invested in um and they they then choose to migrate over to this medium to finish out the the like the, the I don't know the journey I guess I should say um do you know what else is like so I I always knew that like after WandaVision would be Falcon and then after Falcon would be Loki but like what comes after Loki in terms of like what's on Disney Plus the docket yeah uh, I know they're doing like the What If series, which is based on like a, a really popular comic book uh, line where it was like they would take different stories that happened, you know, in in the Marvel Comics universe and be like, oh, what if something, what if it turned out differently, you know? So it, it but... was like, oh, what if, uh, like, what if, you know, it wasn't like, what if in Civil War, you know? one of tony or steve rogers died you know something like that but then how do you do that if like robert downey jr and chris evans and oh it's all these people don't oh it's animated okay so like then this is like is this it for the mcu proper like the phase what was the last phase um three i think is it it for the phase three characters uh, oh, for the phase three, I don't know because I do. I do know they also have like um, Ms. Marvel coming out. Um, or no, it's not Ms. Marvel. It's the um, it's the one of the one of the Captain one of the Captain Marvel characters. It's Kamala Khan. I think she's like a. And that's not a movie. That's going to be a Disney Plus uh, show. Uh. Oh, it's oh yeah, it's Ms. Mar- no, it's, it is going to be a, a Disney Plus show. So it's okay. yeah, it's, okay. it's 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 Ms. Marvel, and so um, yeah, I, I think they're always going to have stuff. They also have like uh, like Hawkeye's show where it's not about him, but it's about him training the next Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they'll they'll just always have stuff. Like my thing is like, you know, one of the things that made the MCU so great, I think is that um, it was only, like, one or two things a year, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you ever... Okay, so you, you've been to Vegas uh, multiple yeah. times for, for um, like, the Britney for my, show, right? Yeah, <laughs> for Britney, yes. Have you ever been to any of the buffets in Vegas? Yes. Okay. 
Oh, which one? Have you ever been to the one at Caesars? Uh, I have been to the one at Caesars, yes. And then I've been to um, the one at Wynn, the Wynn Hotel, which oh, okay. I think was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been to the one at the the Wynn Hotel, but I have been to the one at, at Caesars. And that's like kind of like the most, uh, I wouldn't say it's the best, but I think that's like the most pop, like mm-hmm. people know about mm-hmm. that one the most. And there's just so much stuff, Jen. Yeah. And there's so many things to get, and I don't know which one I want. And they're all fine, right? But the problem is when, you know, I don't know if, if you do, do this, and I make this mistake every time. When you give me all the possibilities, I'm going you to You don't know what to, to get, do with yourself? Yeah, I'm going to, one, I don't know what to do with myself. Two, I'm going to try to get a little bit of everything. And you know what? When you eat like that, it just doesn't, like, not everything mixes well. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's the thing I get nervous about here, which is like things were really good between the Winter Soldier and Endgame because every single thing was so well done. What I really don't want is a bunch of okay stuff. Yep. And that's what I'm nervous. Like, that's the thing where I don't want it to be like, oh, let's like do it to do it. You know, because we always want to be on people's minds. Like, I mean, I think that, you know, like. And you uh, feel like that is what is happening here. It's because of, and maybe it's like not fair because like after um, Far From Home, it's like WandaVision was fine. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was fine. Um, I I actually really thoroughly enjoy Loki. Mm-hmm. Um. I know you, you're not exactly caught up. I think you said you watched No, I'm episodes. only on the first episode, yeah. I, I, but even then, like, I, 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 like, watched that trailer, like, a million times. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I'm going to go see Black Widow, and, and we'll see. Like, if – because if it's a TV – if it's a Disney Plus verse movies thing, then it's a moot point. Then it's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if it is, like, okay, like, they're kind of lost a little bit in this post-Endgame timeline – um, I, I will be, I mean, this is concern trolling cause like they're going to be fine. They make bazillions of dollars, but it's something, excuse me. Uh, it's something to note. It's something to keep our eyes on. I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, like, honestly, like WandaVision, Falcon, uh, Loki, like, it's given me immense entertainment and joy the last three months. So I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to like be cynical about that. Um, and I think that that's also been really good timing for Disney, right? Like to have released these things at a time where so many people are kind of stuck at home and like, that's yeah. what they, um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will be grateful for that. And I think that, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, just because I didn't enjoy the rest or I haven't been enjoying Loki as much as, like, you know, I enjoyed WandaVision doesn't mean that, like, it It. It just, at the end of the day, equates to characters that I want to spend time with. And that's exactly what this has allowed me to yeah. do. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm just, like, really curious. It's because, to me, it seems like, you know, Loki has, the, and I know that, like, you know, in Falcon and, and Winter Soldier, like, you know, it's the journey of how Sam becomes Captain America, and, you know, the WandaVision, how, uh, you know, Wanda really becomes the Scarlet Witch and all that, 
But Loki's the one where I'm like, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, like, neither of those shows were consequential in terms of plot, uh-huh. right? Um, the makeup was like, oh, these these characters have only been involved in plot. Let's give them some story. And yeah. Loki is the one where I'm like, well, are they actually going to move this plot along? Yeah, like this, yeah. You know, yeah. and and that's and because and, and I, I guess that's the thing, right? That's that was like the whole Reddit thing with WandaVision where people were like, oh, what does this mean? Is this person that person? Is this character actually really this character where it was like, oh, who's the next big bad? And yeah. that that I think that was it for me. It's like with every Marvel movie, no matter how bad it was, you knew it was going to move the plot along. Yeah. And I don't get the same momentum from the TV shows, even if some of the TV shows are better than some of the movies. Right. And so I'm I'm curious to see what happens with Loki. If if they do decide to move the plot along in terms of the the story at large or yeah. if they're just faking us out again just to get us interested enough to watch it and to yep. finish it. So we'll yep. see. Okay. Um, okay. Let's I'm sure go- this is not the last time we'll be talking oh, about this. Oh, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Yeah. What is some non-MCU Marvel? stuff? <laughs> yeah. What's some non-Marvel stuff you've been watching? Um, so I'm sad that we didn't get to talk about the Oscars this year. Um, and given all the stuff that the pandemic and stuff, I did think that the Oscars were the best produced award show that we've had thus far in, in all this time of remoteness and stuff. Um, mostly because it was pretty live and they got kind of lucky in terms of, you know, coming at a time where, uh, we were sort of coming out of the pandemic so that they were able to do that. Like if I, if you think back to like when the Emmys were like in September and stuff like that was like the height of the pandemic, like there was no way, but like by like by last March and stuff, like, you know, we were turning a corner with like vaccines and stuff like that. So, um, I, I highly enjoyed this year's Oscars, but, uh, after the Oscars, I really kind of did a deep dive into all of the documentary nominees Mm-hmm. And I started with the winner of this year, which is called um, My Octopus Teacher. And it's about, it's literally what that, like, it's about somebody and their, like, octopus. Um, like, he, I don't even know how to describe it. He, like, it's, um, he's a filmmaker who forges, like, a sort of, like, a friendship <laughs> with an octopus. So he, like he swims in the ocean like almost every day and he comes across like this octopus every single day and so then he starts like filming her and like really develops this like I wouldn't say like obsession or anything because that sounds creepy but like you know he checks in on her and like he just makes sure that like she's around and and like observes her and like you know I think octopus octopi like what's the plural version um they're the most they're like one of the most like the smartest like animals in the world and so you kind of see all of that play out um from like his like filming of her like every single day for like a year or whatever and um you know I'm not like I wouldn't say like I'm like the biggest animal lover or anything like that but like it was so, um, it was moving in a way that, like, I, just to see, not just this, like, relationship, like, and he also goes through some stuff, too, which is why he starts diving, and then, like, 
having something to look forward to like this <laughs> I guess it's one-sided relationship with the octopus because the octopus has no idea that you know he is sort of like exists although I do think she does know because like she does interact with him at some point and it's like a real breakthrough for him he's like he's like elated that like she like is like playful with him at some point mm-hmm. um which I think goes to show you the evolution of their relationship or whatever. Anyways, I was a little bit like, okay, so this is the this is the this is the documentary that won this year. Um, because leading up to it, I think that the documentary that everybody was talking about is called Time. It's on Amazon Prime, and um, it's it's about a uh, like a woman whose husband has been incarcerated like for like 20 plus years and it's about her like quest to like free her husband and it's Hmm. it's really about like our prison system and like um you know like he's serving like a six-year prison sentence for armed robbery and it's without probation parole you know, or suspension of the sentence, like, and it's just, it's, it's a little bit about, like, what is happening with our, like, um, like, I don't know, I guess, like, broader term, like, legal system, and, like, how is somebody locked up for that long for something where, like, I don't even think he, look, I'm not excusing his crime or anything, but, like, I'm pretty sure, like, it was just a robbery, and it wasn't, like, he killed anybody, and she also served time, too, because they, they did the robbery together, but she gets let out after three years. So she like literally raises their five kids. And um, throughout this whole time, she like just was recording um, like her daily life. And like, and so there's so much footage and you see this woman like age 20 years and every year is the same. Like there's a line in the movie where she says that like every new like at the beginning of every new year like every new year's eve for the past 20 years like they've always started the year like thinking that 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 was going to be the year that her like the husband or the dad would come home and you do that for 20 years like it's it's incredibly like like it's just crazy um and it's such an intimate look at this family and her her she becomes an activist like it's it's really really incredible um and I like it's not apples to apples because it's about two completely different things it's about two completely different styles but but and you know like if you are an animal lover and activist like you can make the same argument but like to me like I just I don't know I, I thought that time was so much more compelling in what it had to what it has to say about this versus like I mean, the octopus thing, like, it changes this person's life, and, like, you, like, look at the the wonder and awe of nature and all of that stuff. So, anyways, what I'm trying to say is, like, I got, I kind of went, went down this, like, um, documentary hole, and then this was not an Oscar nominee, but I also ended up then watching um, the Tiger Woods documentary on HBO Max, and holy smokes. Wow. Like I don't, I don't really care about Tiger Woods, and in fact, like going into it, like I had a terrible opinion of him just because. It's like, hard, I mean, it's hard not to, right? Yeah, but unless you are like a diehard golf fan, who I mean, even then. Yeah, yeah, but it's pretty like egregious of like what he's done in terms of like his like 
sex addiction and just cheating on his wife and like all this stuff. But, but then you, you delve into his relationship with his dad, who was his like number one, like, um, mentor and like best friend and all of this stuff. And, and then you realize like, okay, like, well, his dad used to invite women out to the golf courses and like, would like tiger would have to like be practicing while like his dad took like his lady friend of the week, like, back to the trailer or whatever like so he grew up watching that and so then it's just like so hard like why of course you turn out or you of course you make like um struggle with the same things because like the person that you learned everything from like used to do that in front of you and you like that's what you grew up watching so like it does put into perspective some of the behaviors and like and just like why he is the way he is and it's just so insane and like I don't necessarily like I wouldn't necessarily say like golf like feels like the most exciting sport to watch but some of the footage that they have of some of the things that he's done like it it's so fun like I rewound some scenes um just to see the like ball go in the hole like 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 the way that it does and um it kind of just made me want to be like oh do I want to play golf probably not but like um I really 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 like it it's only two episodes and I think I was telling you before, like, I kind of liked it better than The Last Dance. Um, and, yeah, yeah I, I know I, that's, like, really sacrilegious or whatever. No, but... no, I, I don't think it's, I, I have a, I don't have, like, a theory, but I, I, I wonder if it's because, like, Tiger, I'm, I'm assuming he didn't help produce this documentary right correct he is like, not are there any movie. like sit down interviews or anything like that there's tons of sit down interviews but they're literally with his like former caddy like a family friend his former best friend not like with him, people though. like that not with him not with his wife not with his mom so like nobody who's like i think involved in his life currently yeah. um so there is an element of like you're totally totally right like he he had nothing to do with this i'm not sure that he's like talked about this or like I I don't know that he's like condoned it or anything like that but um it is a little bit more objective in the sense that like they just didn't have access to him in the way that the last dance is like very much like Michael's narrative yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah so I recommend it if you have HBO Max it's two episodes and um it's 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 really good yeah, no, I, I think that's something that, uh, like, my wife and I are definitely going to Yeah, watch, do it. For sure, for sure. Um, here's some of the stuff that I've been watching Yeah. since then. Uh, the show that I've enjoyed the most in this uh, in this time frame has been uh, Lupin on yes. Netflix. I can't yep. say Lupin because I like to say Lupin. And part two, so it come, it, there were two, I don't know how many... There were, there were two halves, and the first part was just, like, four or five episodes, and then they came out with another, I think, like, four or five episodes, like, not too long ago. So they're not seasons? I guess they're technically seasons. I, yeah, I guess, but they weren't released, like, a year apart, you know? At yeah. least not, not to my knowledge. And um, it's it's so fun. It's fun. It's smart. Um, the, the, the acting is is uh it's not like amazing but it's it's good you know what i mean the performances are good it's just it's it's fun it's witty it's it's great it's 
Um, all in French, right? It's all in French, and you know, sometimes it's not bad. Sometimes okay. aren't bad. Yeah. Um, have you ever watched Money Heist? No, I've seen that come up on my on Netflix recommended, but I've never I've never watched it. I was just wondering if it was like similar. Like, is he also like? Is this like about? Is it is it like a heist type of thing? Like, he's... oh, it, this is super like a heist type. It, this is like yeah. You, you reminds, it reminds me of Sherlock a lot. Like on okay. on uh, BBC, it's like a yeah. modern twist on a character, except he's not a fictional character. He's just someone who takes inspiration from the fictional character. Got it. So it, it, it's really good. I if you. I suggest everyone just check it. You know what it is? It's like, if you like heist stuff, like if you like Ocean's Eleven, and you like twists and turns, like um, like in the Sherlock show, give this a try. Uh, I, I highly recommend it. It's super entertaining. And then I have my, like, Turn My Brain Off shows, mm-hmm. which are um, The Great British Baking Show and, and Jeopardy. And I know Jeopardy <laughs> sounds weird because it's like, for me, it's like when I watch Jeopardy, it turns off like my critical, like analyzing part of my brain, and just goes straight into like trivia. You yeah, know, that's just reflex. That that's not like I'm not thinking. I'm just like, it's just like instinct and reflex, and like coming up like regurgitating like information. And then the Great British Bake Show, I you know, what I love about that show is like not just like the baking, but um, I like competition shows and reality shows. I'm realizing without and this is going to sound like antithetical but like but without the drama like the interpersonal mm-hmm. drama. like all the drama is based on like can i do this task that has been given to me um even though it's like a competition show everyone is like genuinely rooting for each other like i, I was telling you like if someone finishes early they're always like going around being like how can i help you with your thing yeah um, yeah it's, it's like sweet it's, it's so sweet. really sweet it's it's and it's um it's just like so like the the English are just so charming. Yeah. You know, they all have not all, but most of them have like really bad teeth. They talk funny. <laughs> They're none of them are like in shape, you know. They're just people who bake and they enjoy baking and they're trying to see who can do it the best, but they're all it's not collaborative. It's def- very much a competition. It's not collaborative at all, but they're all pulling for each other. And it's just really endearing. And I just, I enjoy watching it. Like, I, I'm, I'm much more of like a food person than a dessert person. Yeah. But I can't really watch cooking shows, you know? And you mean I, like competition cooking shows yeah, or competition cook- cooking okay. shows? Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. you know, in, in a lot of those competition cooking shows, it's like, it's like so high drama both like with the people interacting with each other and it's like everything is such high stakes and even in the show it's like they almost downplay how high stakes it is you know when people get kicked off it's a lot of i find in a lot of like cooking shows it's like who's gonna get the axe like who's gotta you know who you know who's gonna who's it gonna be this week you know um but on the great british bake show it's like they the sadness of it comes before the person has been announced, like, who's going to leave. You know, they're always like, oh, this is, like, the worst part of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, it, it's just, uh, it's, it's charming. It's like, the, it's, like, charming in a way that is very uniquely English. And I, 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 it's, like, such a great show. And I turn off, like, parts of my brain when I watch it. But it's not... It's not also not 
unlike dessert, it's not empty calories, though. I think that um, this has been the most delightful and surprising thing that you've told me that you watch just because it just feels so not what you would be into. So I'm yeah, very, yeah. very, very into this. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. On the flip side, the worst thing I've watched <laughs> during the pandemic is I tried to watch the. I don't. It's not a remake. What would you call it? It's a. Um, is it Mighty not? Ducks show? Is, is it, it a not remake? a remake? Um, if it continues the story, is it a remake? Uh, that's a good question. Why don't you? talk about it and i will so it's the continuation of the mighty duck story it's it's a tv show on disney plus it's called the mighty ducks and let me tell you i loved mighty ducks i loved d2 i used to in gym class when we were playing like floor hockey try to do the knuckle puck shot made famous by keenan thompson i think it's Mm -hmm. keenan thompson in Mm -hmm. d2 and um i was like really excited for it and it was like I, I f- was falling asleep during the first episode, and I, I cannot recommend it to anyone. I don't care how much you love the Mighty Ducks. It just I, 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 I could not get. I I would be shocked if someone were like, no, it's like it gets good. Don't worry. I'd be like, you know, even if it gets good, I can't. I can't. Like I, I just I, there's too much to watch, and I, it really shockingly made me appreciate Cobra Kai because I thought the key to continuing the story of old movie franchises was like just continue the story like in real time don't redo it don't do a retelling just continue it um and that's like half the or 75 percent of the battle right what I did not know was that even if you do that it still may not be good you know, and Cobra Kai just happens to be amazing, not just because they continue the story like 30 years later, but they did like a really good job of it. Mighty Ducks continues the story. And it's like, I don't I don't care. I don't care for this. Yeah, yeah, I don't care for this at all. So I would say avoid Mighty Ducks. I tried and I I, I, I did not enjoy it at all. Fair. Um, I don't think it's it's um, a remake. I think it's just based on okay Okay, like quote unquote based on you know um i don't think that i would have uh i have a bunch of things on my list before i would have even thought about this so i will take your (laughs) word for it i am not gonna watch it um although i still have to watch cobra kai so i will i will definitely do that oh yes please do please do okay um should we go ahead and go into our obsessions of the episode here yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. I okay. mean, I've watched so many things. Do not get me wrong. Like so many things. But <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that that's pretty much like sums up like the, you know, the things that we've been doing the last couple of months when we weren't like moving or hating life because of our jobs. You know? <laughs> All right. Nice, nice, nice. Uh, why don't you go first for this part? Okay. So... I don't, I don't know if I talked about this before, and that's, this is why Steve and I have decided that we are going to really take note of what we say, because just in case, this is deja vu for anybody. But um, my uh, 
O-O-T-E, right, obsession of the episode, is um, is a Korean drama and Nef- on Netflix Wild. called Hospital Playlist. Um, I will say, Steve, it's not that wild because during the pandemic, I got super into Korean dramas, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's because um, I was really just craving things that, like, made me feel, like, safe and comforting in a time of such chaos and un- yeah. uncertainty in the world. And, you know, I grew up on these things. And so I think I sort of gravitated towards that. And as K-pop has become like a huge thing in the world, like so has like just anything that has that comes out of Korean entertainment, including Korean dramas and our favorite streaming service, Netflix has, um, has really invested a lot of dollars on like Korean dramas and like yeah. Netflix original like series. Um, this happens to be one of them. It's actually a joint production um, with uh, with the Korean uh, like studio. So it gets aired on cable television in Korea, and then it um, simultaneously then gets released on Netflix. Either so, then Netflix is able to say it's like a Netflix like original. Um, so. Anyways, um, the reason why I'm obsessed with it is because um, this the drama is slated for two seasons, which is also very unusual for a Korean drama. Usually, Korean dramas are like one and done, sixteen ep- sixteen to twenty episodes, and like really you kind of yeah, you kind of just like wrap everything up. There's no Grey's Anatomying. Why why don't the they do that? K dramas. Um, that's just the way that um, that's just the way that it's it's always been, and I actually think it works a lot better than like. You know what happens in the States where, like, a drama or, like, even, like, sitcoms, like, start off great and, like, because of their popularity, they're on the air forever. But, like, you start to lose, like, the quality. You start to lose whatever because nobody had planned for something to go on for, like, four seasons. And then, like, sometimes they'll just end abruptly because it gets canceled. Or, like, I think one, like, some of the more luckier productions like do have like an endpoint and the um the good place is a really good example of that right like they've they definitely were like we're gonna do four seasons and we're gonna there's a point a and a point b and this is how we're gonna map out how we get to point b at the end yeah. of the four seasons right like not every american shows aren't like set up for that for the most part so in korean dramas like it literally is like 16 episodes that air like two episodes a day, two episodes a week for, you know, like eight weeks, six weeks. I don't, I don't know how to do math. Um, and eight weeks and then, and then it's done. Um, so I feel like then it just, it, it makes it for more enjoyable viewing. And then if you're, if you get really sucked into this world, then it's sad for you when it ends. But at the same time, it like everything gets wrapped up. So it's great. But anyways, um, this is one of the rare exceptions where they knew that they wanted to do um, two seasons of 12 episodes each and season two just started. So that's why it's my obsession. Um, it like hospital playlist. It's like this like perfect blend of like, um, it's not dramatic. So that's the one thing that I do want to say. Like, a lot of the times Korean dramas can be, like, super dramatic. And this is, like, not dramatic. It's what they call a slice-of-life drama. So it's basically about five doctor friends who work at the same hospital. And it's about their friendship, their, like, respective relationships. It's about, like, um, the patients that they encounter. And it's about, like, um, just, like, 
just regular life, like they're living their lives and you kind of get a glimpse of what they're like as doctors, what they're like as people, what they're like as friends and lovers and like all this stuff. And it's, it's so funny. It's so like warm. It's just, it's like all the feels and I will like watch, rewatch like certain (laughs) scenes because like, it just like, it just makes me feel like, oh, okay. Like I, and you know, I think I mentioned this like earlier today, but like I'm really into like character development and these are characters that like they're so fully realized even from episode one that like you just feel like you know them and you know like how they're going to behave in any scenario because they're so like they're just really well written. So to be able to like go on this journey for like 12 episodes with them and then and then now I have 12 more episodes to look forward to because season two just started like I'm very very excited so I'm very into it um all of my friends who watch Korean dramas are super into it as well so um you know I I don't necessarily would never really assign this to you but like you've surprised me Steve I mean you're into the great British bake-off like I'm just like maybe you'll like this so if you ever find yourself like I literally have run out of everything to watch like i would recommend this so okay uh, all right so that's that no no I, I i would be i think as long as it's like not dramatic it's not dramatic i would be i would i, I would be open to it um, i mean it's a hospital right so patients are sick some people die yeah, but like it's not, but it's not about it's like yeah like if you ever watch i mean like, i've watched house yeah you know so. totally yeah totally yeah, yeah, yeah um okay my obsession is slightly different uh, Conan O'Brien is ending his run on uh, TBS. I can't and believe it's happening. I know. I, I remember when I was like in high school, I used to stay up so late watching Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And I would watch it every night. And uh, like he, I feel like two people that were like really foundational in my like life growing up inter is from like uh in terms of like seeing them on tv and them being influential on like my personality and and my sense of humor were uh one was like will smith on the fresh prince and two yeah. was conan o'brien you know and uh my obsession though is not so much conan uh like his show but i went oh god i want to say like a few weeks ago i went down this like really weird spiral this like YouTube rabbit hole where I was watching all his bits with the producer on his show, Jordan Schlansky. Mm-hmm. And I love Jordan. I, I He's so funny. And they finally, I think uh, we're recording this on, uh, on Wednesday, but I think the night before on Tuesday, they uh, had him on stage and he finally answered the question straightforwardly like what he does on the tv show and i'm gonna i was able to find a youtube video no i didn't find the youtube video i saw the youtube video it's like very popular right now and i found the comment where someone from the audience shares what how jordan answered Mm mm-hmm and so this is what he does. This is what an associate producer does on the show. Because in the video, if you know, if you watch it, as soon as he gives a straight answer, they do a bit by like um, kind of like blocking it out 
with like a fake CNN update. So yeah. people who watch don't know. But this person says, I was in the audience, and what he said was that he arranges the locations of shooting for outdoor sketches, organizes the, fi- the financial side for props, uh, pays attention to the legal side of things when a joke references brands, and handles some of the responsibilities to help out the PR department. And, um, yeah, I don't know why, but I, like, needed to know what he does. And I feel like my curiosity has been, uh, has been satiated. And so Do you that, feel like you needed to know what he does because, like, he's such a wild, crazy character on the show that oftentimes feels like he does nothing but keep his, like, messy office? Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, and, and part of knowing exactly what he does, I feel like... Uh, gives credibility to the fact that, like, this isn't a show. Like, this isn't, like, fake. He's not faking. They're not act- asking him to be, like, a weirdo. He just is a weirdo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so, um, so yeah, that was that has been my obsession. I feel like uh, that's, like, a chapter closing in my life with George yeah. Stansky now, like, now knowing what exactly he does on that show. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's my obsession. So this is like the end of the Jordan Schlansky era. era. <laughs> of my, yeah. Um, are you gonna watch? Well, one. Are you gonna watch all the um, final episodes? With the, I think there's tonight and tomorrow at the time of this recording. You know, um, probably not. Probably not. Okay. Only because, like, you know, when he moved, even when he took the Tonight Show, I for whatever reason I wasn't into him. Like, I had moved on to a different stage of my life, and so I didn't watch it as religiously. Um, I think what I'm going to end up doing instead is listening to his podcast and checking out his variety show when he moves to HBO. That's probably yeah, what I'll do. Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. Which is weekly, right? It's weekly, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I when he first announced that he was going to, like, end the show, I was very sad, but then I realized, like, okay, like, we, we still get to see him and we still yeah, get to listen to him like through his podcast and stuff. Yeah. I freaking love Conan O'Brien. Like, I think he's just like so smart, so funny. And like, even more so than the show, like what I hope happens is like the stuff that he does, like the Jordan Shlansky stuff, like when he gets let loose on the streets and it's like interacting with people in a very non, like, I like Billy Eichner, but like, he's a little bit too much. Like Conan yeah, is so yeah, exactly. like, you know, like, yes, he's also ridiculous, but he's also very, like, in a way, it's kind of charming. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, I did not realize you loved Jordan Schlansky that much, but I, yeah. I don't love Jordan Schlansky. I love when Conan roasts Jordan Schlansky. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also love when he roasts his assistant Sona. I, I like when Sona roasts him back. So yeah, uh that's kind of my obsession. Uh, anything else before we we uh finish up? Um no, I think I just wanted to tell people that we're sort of um we're back, right? So mm-hmm. we'll, we're gonna try to record a couple of um uh, we're gonna try to be more regular about our conversations and when we record. No more, no more, no more home buying. No more home buying. 
<laughs> Unless Steve, like, all of a sudden struck rich and, like, decides to buy another home. Like, I think we are. Um, yeah. Um, Steve, I don't want you to feel guilty or anything. Like, it's not just you. Like, I mean, I obviously could have been like, Steve, come on, get it together. Let's yeah. do this. But No, but either way, um, no, no more home buying. Yeah, in general, no, no one should be buying homes. Period. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, and then we have some really fun things planned. So yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, as always, remember to rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, wherever you get your podcast. Do you want to say bye, Jen? Bye, everyone. Have a good. Um, I don't know when you're listening to this, but have a good something. All right. Take care.